Hi guys, and welcome to the Fight Up Boxing Podcast. I'm Rukesh, as always. Busy week for us this week. There was a lot going on. Um, the, obviously, the main event was the women's fight, uh, the women's card, with the main event between uh, Amanda Serrano and Erica Cruz, which was an excellent fight and a really fucking busy one. So that'll be, you know, the main subject of discussion. Alicia Baumgartner versus Elham Mechalid, which... Um, which was a um, also an undisputed fight at the Super Bowl division, and um, that was a good fight too. So I'll talk about that. I'll talk about Richards, Richardson Hitchens um, and his excellent performance against John Bowser in the um, on the same card. I won't talk about Sky Nicholson, even though I'm a fan of Sky Nicholson because I didn't watch the fight live and I haven't caught up yet because I've heard it's really fucking boring. So yeah, I won't be talking about that. Um, and then I would also talk about the other fight of the week which was much better than I expected I paid it no attention whatsoever and maybe I should have um, well clearly in hindsight I should have uh, is um, Emmanuel Navarrete stepping up to um, 130 pounds for the first time in his career um, facing Liam Wilson um, and yeah that turned into a bit of a war that was a sort of tester to stop people ready for 130 and uh, it's not really clear um, so I'll talk about that at the end but yeah, clearly we're going to talk about start with the big card and the um, furious showdown, frankly, between um, Amanda Serrano and Erica Cruz because that was insane. They um, the punch stats, you know. Let, let's open. Let's leave with the punch stats. Um, Erica Cruz threw, according to CompuBox, Erica Cruz threw nine hundred sixty-eight punches and Serrano threw nine hundred forty-nine. Um, and for context, don't forget these are two-minute rounds and it's ten-round fight. Um, for context, uh, if you remember, if it, you know, I'm going all the way back to Jeff Lacey versus Joe Calzaghe, and Joe Calzaghe, you know, seemed to be raining punches non-stop on Jeff Lacey for all 36 minutes of a 12-round fight, and he apparently, you know, the, I think this was counted since then. I don't, you know, I don't remember the time. Um, I, I remember being said he threw a thousand, but uh, like currently the official sort of count that what's on his Wikipedia and all that is um, 948. So both fighters here threw. More punches than Joe Kazagi did in a one-sided, you know, non-stop beatdown um, in 16 minutes less. 16, you know, almost half, like just over half the time. It was insane how, you know, they just didn't stop. <laughs> so it was back and forth, back and forth. And um, yeah, it was just a really entertaining fight. But yeah, clearly, you know, there's always going to be some killjoys looking at the women's boxing and suggesting we shouldn't enjoy it because um, because it's not as technically high level as the men's as the best men's cards and that's true like it, it wasn't <laughs> but um, but there was technique you know there was technique there I did again a whole article over a bad look on it um, and yeah there was a there was a skill on show there was a yeah there was um, a skill difference on show which did make the difference uh, which yeah I was I was a bit surprised by um, I mean I wasn't surprised that Serrano was the more skilled um, but I was surprised. I thought uh, Serrano's physical advantages would come or went into way more. Um, that they'd be the deciding factor, and they weren't really. Like she hits harder, but even that is a technique thing. Um, I don't think she's that like, physically massively stronger or anything, and um, she wasn't faster like I thought she would be. Um, which may be to do with you know age and wear and tear. But in any case, she she wasn't, um, and she won basically by uh, by being cleaner and more technical. And uh, yeah, what to say? The first thing is, um, like I noted in my preview, um, 
Erica Cruz is a fighter who is cleaner on the back foot than she is on the front. And because Serrano is a pressure fighter, I did expect Serrano to be the one pushing forward and Cruz to be the one stepping back. But that isn't what happened. Cruz did decide to just go forward and wail forward and um, throw as many punches as she could regardless of the... Um, of the quality of the punch, basically. Um, don't get me wrong, she wasn't wildly flailing, um, but she wasn't worried about the uh, being tidy or being on balance, particularly. Um, she just wanted to throw as much as possible. And she was clearly working the body very hard, and I think that was the reason. Um, I think she decided that Serrano has shown gas tank issues in the past and that she might as well make Serrano work rather than letting Serrano come to her and it would be still be a higher tempo fight, but Serrano would be picking and choosing when to come forward. And I think Cruz was trying to to get in there, to um, to put some water in the basement, as they say, um, hit her in the body as, as often as possible. When she threw upstairs too, she'd work um, downstairs, upstairs quite well, um, and tie Serrano out. I think that's what was happening. And um, for me, you know, there were moments later in the fight when uh, when either she was forced back by Serrano or she, um, there at one point later, she did kind of wind it back a bit for obviously tactical reasons. And then she was you know she was cleaner um, she did land better punches so um so yeah i do think it was a deliberate tactical decision um it, you know it was one that made sense um but serrano was just a little bit um just a little bit sharper i mean quite a lot sharper in a lot of ways um yeah cruiser's main main problem and i you know again i highlighted this in the preview article i wrote um cruiser's main problem going forward is that she pitches over her front foot very hard um, especially when she's throwing overhands and and that proved to be true um, here as well it caused a clash of heads that uh, opened a big cut in her hair and um, you know that had to change her fight she had blood gushing from I think it was around three onwards um, so that had to have changed you know her her, out, her outlook on things it definitely made her irritated with the corner I'm not sure it would have changed the result much um, she dealt with it pretty admirably but it you know it had to it had to have made a difference um, and yeah there was also moments especially as the fight went on um, where Serrano did choose to um, to press herself and then um, no uh, yeah there were moments when uh, Serrano chose to make Cruz come to her and then use the fact that she did that by pitching forward to catch her quite hard. Um, so so that was a major thing against her. But anyway, let's um, let's talk about what happened early. Um, yeah, it, that was, it was very, like, it was tight. The first few rounds were pretty tight and I think you kind of leaned towards Serrano but Cruz was always in them. Like, you, if you had Cruz 2-1 up after 3, I wouldn't necessarily argue. I think I had Serrano 2-1 up but... Um, but I think I think it was rounds two and three could have gone really either way, to be honest. Um, and uh, yeah, and Cruz was doing; she was pressing like she she was pressing incessantly. Everything else went out of the window. She has a good jab, in my opinion. She wasn't really using it for much of the first half of the fight. Um, yeah, she just she just wanted to be as close to Sarah as possible for as often as possible. And uh, and yeah, it was you know it was working reasonably well. And then she did get. Um, that's through that through round five. It was um round five was when Serrano when uh, Cruz started getting tired, and that may have been you know Cruz hasn't been at anywhere near this level before. Um, you know the work the pace she was pushing was pushing was affecting her, and um, in round five she did start 
not necessarily slowing down, like our rope slowing down in my um, in my Rambo round on uh, Bloody Elbow, but um, this, you know, she wasn't slowing so much as she was starting to get um, more of balance and become a bit more vulnerable. And in round six, that um, that told. Um, in round six, generally the vibe of the rounds was Cruz would start stronger, Serrano would finish stronger, and in round six, um, Serrano hurt Cruz quite badly and start piling the pressure on. And um, and Chris was shaky, but she survived the round. She threw, she threw, she survived the round. And so obviously, that having happened in round seven, uh, Serrano was like, "Okay, I'm going to press forward." And this was when you saw what what I'm talking about with the um, the punching form of Chris, because Serrano started pressing forward and Chris was punching on the back foot, and she was hurt. Because you know, not, not completely unlike um, Yard versus Peterbiev, um last week even though you know nothing like it in terms of skill or whatever um but um but in pushing in pushing Cruz back to the ropes um Serrano started making Cruz do what she's basically best at and got driven back herself um and uh and I, th- I gave I gave Cruz that round I gave Cruz that answer even though she um you know, she she came up. She wasn't particularly wobbly. She, you know, she, you could see she'd been hurt the round before. But um, but yeah, um, Serrano was pushing on strong, and she just um, yeah, she just walked into the cruiser's best fire. Um, and towards the end of the round, um, Serrano was already starting to think of you know, okay, this isn't working. Let's try something else. And um, in around eight, she did. Um, don't forget these rounds are again two minute rounds, so this goes back past very quickly. Um, so in round eight, um, Serrano was like, okay. Um, pushing pushing towards you is um, clearly, you know, not not the best plan. So instead, she started really she went the other way and started really using Chris's balance issues against her. And she'd basically bait. She'd throw a jab out, um, throw a couple of quick punches, and step back. And Cruz would aim for where she had been standing and fall short and get punished. You know, it's basic basic stuff. Um, and uh, and round eight was um, was for me Serrano's by the widest distance. You know, it was nowhere close to ten eight round. She didn't knock her down, but uh, it was Serrano's most comfortable round. Um, and then we saw Sir, uh, Cruz go okay, and this I think may surprise people um, because she seemed so crude. But um, but this is when we saw Cruz go um, okay. Pitching forward so hard isn't working for me, so I'm going to now protect myself a bit. And uh, she started throwing her jab more, and they tried to bait those step back shots. And then after they've been thrown, to come forward and uh, and ball forward and get into in there, and it worked. You know, more or less. Um, I still gave Serrano that round, um, but uh, it was much closer. And to be frank, <laughs> if Cruz had started, I don't know if Cruz could have done that from the beginning because I don't know if Serrano would have tried those bait back shots. But you know, it would, it would have been a less entertaining fight. But Cruz would probably have had it. You know, in hindsight, I'm not saying she. Uh, you know, the decision she made in the moment at the start of the fight was it made perfect sense. Um, but the basic point I'm making is the decision she made in round nine. It also made perfect sense, and it played into some of Serrano's. Um, not weaknesses, but um, I mean, it was a good tactical counter to what Serrano was doing. It was just too late for it to really, you know, affect the fight. It was round nine, which was the penultimate round. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, she didn't win that round anyway. She just didn't have time. Like, she couldn't sp- uh, spend round 10 going, you know, 
okay, I'm going to try to bait you some more and see what I can get out of this. She had to go for broke. She had to just go, fuck it, I'm going for it. Which is what she did. And um, and they both threw down. Um, and, uh, yeah, they went toe-to-toe. Cruz was really, really, really pushing. Um, and... Uh, when the, when the final bell went, Cruz, she didn't nearly fall over, but she visibly sagged. And then, you know, she was, she was, she, she, she couldn't have given any more. There will be no regrets from Cruz. There'll be no regrets from Serrano either. But, um, but, um, like I say, um, I do think the story of the fight was ultimately the t- technique and the efficiency. And you could see that in that Serrano was obviously less tired. Like, um, yeah, she just, um, she was just a cleaner fighter. She wasn't putting, spending as much energy, um, into throwing the shots. Um, and that's something I, again, I did mention this in the article, but I'll mention it again now. Uh, the way Serrano throws shots, this is what I'm talking about with the power. I don't think Serrano is physically stronger than Cruz, but Cruz's power, the way she throws her shots, especially on the front foot, takes the power away from her. Um, she throws really wild, big shots, but they're coming from her shoulders. They're more or less just, they're not quite arm punches. Some of them are not quite arm punches, but they come from, the waist and no further. She isn't coming from the floor. Um, and often she's doing the opposite. She's often very square and then her back foot will swing around behind as she throws, come off the ground and swing around, which takes even more, you know, some of the energy goes into that back foot. And, uh, and she's off balance and she's, you know, she's wobbling and, um, and that just takes away from the power. All of that, all of that extraneous movement takes away from the power of the punch. Whereas Serrano is just clean. You know, Serrano has a nice straight stance. Um, and she just, you know, just does what she's supposed to do: lifts a heel, um, shifts forward through her, through you know, th- lifts shifts her way through her legs, through her hips, and um, and then it, you know, that's where the power comes from, and that's when she comes through. And they're, you know, just not nice little clean straight punches, um, and they just, uh, you know, they land with more power, and they take a lot less energy to do, and they take a lot less energy to recover from. And I think that was ultimately the difference, um, you know, not not a huge difference in. The available tool bag, because that's what we normally think about when you think about technique, or often when we think about technique, is you know having a huge stack of things you can do. Um, you know there wasn't a big difference between the two there, and there wasn't a big physical difference. It was just that Serrano's work was a little cleaner. So, um, so yeah, it was a really good fight. Um, we're not going to see an immediate rematch because um, because what we are seeing is a rematch between Serrano and um, Katie Taylor, which was clearly negotiated before the fight. Which you know some people call as a disrespect to Cruz. Um, you know sometimes that's what you do. Like if you want to get it done on a date, um, you have to start negotiating before your previous fight. Um, so you know I'm, I'm not fussed about that. You know it's a little harsh on Cruz, but um, they wouldn't have announced it if, if she hadn't won. Or maybe they would have. Um, um, doesn't really, yeah, it's not the same division, it's not for the same belt, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, Katie Taylor for Serrano was clearly in a really good fight last year, so um, have to see the rematch in Katie Taylor's Ireland. Um, her first fight, her first pro fight in Ireland, so that's going to be the episode, it's going to be massive. Um, yeah, that'll be really good. So, you know, that's all I've really got to say about that, so I'm going to move on to the next one, which, like I say, was the um, other undisputed title fight um, in the, on this card. Um, this one I already said it's a super featherweight um, yeah just for the record Serrano versus um, Cruz was at um, featherweight and this is at super featherweight Baumgartner versus um, Eka Red um, yeah Mekhalid, um was uh, at super feather so they're you know they're in touching distance and you wouldn't be at all surprised to see 
um, you know, any of these fighters fight each other, really, to be honest, um, but especially Baumgartner versus Serrano at some point in the future. Um, and um, this was an odd one because it was undisputed, but uh, Mekhaled was coming off a loss. Um, she fought um, Delphine Persoon last year. Um, she was coming off the loss uh, in that fight, um, and she, you know, she came into this chance to fight for all the titles. I assume it's because um, Delphine Persoon wasn't available. Um, basically, what happened was um, the WBA um, had been vac. Uh, was it WBA? No, it's not WBA. Um, it is the WBA. The WBA was vacant because um, Choi Hyun Mi is a Korean. Um, fighter, South Korean, although she's a defector, that's her nickname, a defector girl boxer, you know, fantastic. Um, but yeah, that's a good story. A defector, a champion who defected from North Korea and, um, um, yeah, became a boxer champion. That's a great story. But, um, but she's become notorious for, she won the belt, she won the WBA belt in 2014, and since then she's basically fought, even by the standards of women's boxing, which is, you know, not as strong, um, almost no one of note, um, and uh yeah she's been yeah like i say since 2014 she's held it and um she was ordered to fight alicia baumgartner and she pulled up with an injury and you know maybe she is really injured you know i don't want to speak you know just throw her under the bus but i'm clearly not the only one who's a bit skeptical that the first time she was actually ordered that someone really dangerous is in the division and she was ordered to fight that person, she got injured. And now she's, you know, champion emeritus, um, all of, you know, all of that stuff. Um, in any case, I needed someone to fight um, Baumgartner. Um, Pursoon, I assume, was um, just not available because she fought, um, I think she fought in December. Let me just check that quickly. Um, you know, it's not super relevant to this discussion, but, uh, but um, yeah, she fought in November. So, yeah, I guess she just wasn't um, ready or maybe she wasn't in the WBA rankings, who knows. Um, so yeah, they gave it to um, to Mekhaled, who is um, a French woman who, um, yeah, she turned out to be pretty good. Like, losing to Delphine Persoon is no fucking doobie snifter. And um, she came in here and, um, you know, was perfectly competitive. And so if you're not familiar, um, Bab Gardner is, you'd call her a boxer puncher. She fights, she starts off in the back foot, let's say it, put it that way. Um, and she's trying to draw her opponent in. She has her hand low, um, you know, up by her chin, but not covering her, you know, her head. Um, and she's, yeah, she's just baiting, um, baiting shots that she can counter. Mm, she's orthodox, but she can switch hit. But, you know, mostly it's the right hand, that's a power shot. Um, and she has real power, um, is the thing, is... Um, she she throws really hurtful shots. She doesn't most of the time she doesn't throw high volume. Or when she's chasing, she can, which we'll get onto in a second. Um, but she hits hard. Like all her opponents have um, felt that. Yeah, she didn't knock out um, Maya. She's only got a fifty percent KO ratio. I say only. Um, you know, for women's uh, super feather, that's um, that's uh, pretty good. Um, but uh, but she throws. Yeah, she just hits really hard. Um, and she's looking for one big shot at a time, maybe two, to wobble her opponent, and then she goes on the chase. Um, whereas um, Mekhaled is a uh, just more of a rounded boxer, um, a bit busier, heavy on the guard, um, more of what you call the fun, you know, the, the basic fundamentals with her hands high and a decent guard. Um, you know, not quite, uh, you know, 
I don't think Baumgartner's defence is any worse than um, Mekaled's. Um, Mekaled has her hands high, but, you know, she can be split down the middle. Um, her guard can be split down the middle. Um, Alicia Baumgartner has that nice, um, you know, her hands are low, but she keeps her head free in, to, for movement. She does get tagged um, over the top of her guard. Um, you know, neither are flawless in that respect. Um, but yeah, Mekaled is just a bit more busier, a bit busier, a bit more busier, a bit busier, and she's a bit, um, just a bit more bit more aggressive in the sense that she likes to keep the fight moving forward um, and Bab Gardner likes to move, keep the fight moving backwards. Um, you know, Bab Gardner again is always looking to throw. She's not a defensive fighter by any means. Um, but yeah, she she always starts, she likes to start off moving backwards. Um, and at one point um, in round three, she yeah, she basically landed a nice hard counter on Mekhaled and sent her reeling and then tried to chase her down. And it was about the last 30 seconds or so um, that she she was just throwing, you know, aggressively throwing. She chased Mekhaled onto the ropes and was throwing bombs at her. And Mekhaled covered up, survived the round. Um, and that's when you start to see a problem for Bam Gardner because um, the next round, round four, she just took off. She just didn't do anything. Um, I think I still, like I wasn't scoring, scoring. I think I still thought Bam Gardner won that. Um, but, um, but she just wasn't doing anything. Like, um, And so she clearly she clearly gassed the fuck out. And that happened a couple more times throughout the fight. Like, she was never comfortable. Like, there were a couple more times when she hurt Mekhaled, and she was never quite comfortable going for broke. There were, she did go for it, um, but she clearly had it in the back of her mind that if she didn't get the knockout, which she didn't, um, she would have to go another however many rounds were left at that point to um, to the finish, and she couldn't get, she couldn't um, give up all of her energy. Like, there may be training issues there, because I don't remember her looking this easily tired against either Maya or um, Terry Harper and I mean Harper was very gassed herself like Harper was um was cutting weight like she's jumped since she's since jumped 20 pounds Harper which you know that happens in women's boxing um it's much easier for women to jump big uh you know the really good <clears throat> female boxers to make really big jumps and still be competitive in divisions which maybe don't have someone you know one of the stars at the top but in any case um Harper was clearly um cutting really hard um so maybe that affected it, but she didn't. But Pam Gardner didn't look. I don't remember her guessing that hard against uh, Michaela Meyer, and um, I, th- I think she did look a bit bigger in this fight than she previously has. I could be wrong about that, and like, I didn't do a comparison, a shot for shot comparison, because that would be creepy and weird. But um, but she just did look a bit bigger around the shoulders, you know, just slightly more muscle on the frame, um, which does make a difference. Um, but you know, I don't know if that's the reason. In any case, any future opponent of hers will be looking to push the tempo like let's put it this way like I say she's a vile opponent for both Serrano and um, and Erica Cruz either one of them will be hoping you know Cruz to try to get Serrano around but Serrano is Serrano is a volume fighter who occasionally runs out you know a bit um, Gardner just looked completely fucked and if she can't finish opponents who are busy she's going to have a problem but um, but she is going to be hard to do that too because she just counter punches really hard, so and she's she's a good she's going to be a star. I mean, she's already on her way, um, you know, undisputed champion at her weight. So that happens easier in Canadian women's boxing than in men's. Um, I think there are like seven undisputed divisions right now. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, she's good. Um, she's a big star. She wants the big names. Um, she needs to fight Meyer again, or you know, move up or down to fight. Um, you know, fight Serrano, fight Taylor maybe fight Chris, um, you know, that kind of thing. That's the kind of fight she wants. Um, in her division, it's only really Delphine Pursun, um, I think, for now. Um, 
yeah, there's there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on for um for Val Gardner, and she's just worth, you know, if you haven't seen a fight, she's just worth a watch. She's an exciting fighter to watch. Um, and uh, Mekaned can be, you know, she's lost two on the bounce now, but um, she's proved herself a, you know, a contender, uh, a perfectly good addition to the top levels of um, women super featherweight. Um, and this is a thing. Um, just you know, this is a bit of an aside to what actually happened in the fights. Um, we need more of these fighters um, in women's boxing. If women's boxing is going to develop, um, you know, the stars are necessary. But um, but both Erica Cruz and um, and um, Mekaled, they weren't favoured going into the fights, um, and they were clearly ultimately outclassed in one way or another. Um, and we're always going to find it really hard to win, but they were there. They're good enough to be a real test for the really big stars, for the really good fighters. They're kind of just that level below, but they're there to be a really good test. And that's the kind of fighter, because not everyone's going to be a massive star, the elite. But you need the people who are just trained well enough, consistent enough to to fill out a division, to make it a good, exciting division all round, so that it's not just, you know... Um, a woman fighting uh, either the best of the best among the women or just someone who absolutely has no chance whatsoever. Um, you need those fighters. And it, so it was good to see two, you know, like, yes, there were two lead fighters. You know, the, the card was led by Pam Gardner and well, Serrano, obviously. Um, but uh, but you need these fighters who are there, who can put up a fight, who can, who ha- you know, it's not even about, you know, um, they're not having a crowd. They will earn fans if they keep um, if they keep fighting like this. But um, yeah, it's just it's good to see that for women's boxing. Um, yeah, and the other well, I'll talk about Richard's, Richard's Hitchens in a second. I just want to talk about um, well, like I said, I'm not going to talk about Sky Nicholson because um, because apparently her fight was terrible. Um, so I'm just going to leave it off. But. Um, I um, do want to talk about one fighter on the card, so if you just be patient with me for one second. Um, there was a um, Shalassa Green, uh, apologies if I've pronounced that wrong, uh, fighting El Interdiris. Uh, this wasn't on my radar at all, um, I didn't watch it at the time. Um, I haven't watched you know, the full fight, but um, um, Green is a um, 33-year-old, and she's kind of... Um, come out of nowhere she kind of got pulled onto this card um, I'm not sure what her previous fight well, I mean she's basically not fought anyone of um, of real um, note in the division um, super middle uh, which division is that she's number one in the division now so it's clearly not a uh, oh it's Christian Hammer um, uh, you know it's an odd, a lot of uh, let's say older ladies <laughs> Christian Hammer's the same age or he's slightly younger but um, yeah, it's not one of the stronger divisions for women's boxing. So, but Green is um, basically, let's put it this way: what she did was a uh, was she hit Sedaris really, really hard. Um, and yeah, that's just you know, it's <laughs> fun to watch. Um, that's all the really used to say. I didn't like I said I didn't watch the fight. I can't break it down. Um, but um, but she seems to you know I suspect she will get another show in and you know it's a super middle isn't like I say the higher weights in women's boxing aren't the, the strongest in terms of depth but um but yeah uh, just a name to note maybe um, and Ramla Ali for um, I didn't see that fight so apparently she boxed well 
Um, she's kind of been given a push. Um, she's you know, she's not that good, but um, she's also not that bad <laughs> again. So, um, so we'll see how she goes. Um, she's kind of she's not you know at the top yet. Um, she's um, oh, box rec has a twenty fifth. Obviously, box rec are not the um, not the be all and end all. But um, the point is, she's kind of getting a promotional push outside to um, to her actual level at the moment. Um, you know, there's it's a bit of a one of those um, the pushing her on the back of her story a little bit. Um, she is from Somalia, has moved to London. Um, you know, there's a a story you can push her, a human interest thing. You can you can they're, they're trying to make her a star uh, based on that. Um, and she has, you know, she also has she seems to have some personality. Um, but uh, yeah, she's you know she seems to be developing as a fighter. She's not young; um, she's thirty three as well. So so she has to get a move on. But yeah, she apparently fought quite well. Um, and yeah, Richardson Hitchens. Um, there were a couple of guys in this card. Uh, I didn't watch. Uh, well, I did watch uh, Yankel Rivera yeah, Figueroa versus Fernando Diaz. Um, but um, there wasn't too much to say there. Um, but I do want to talk about um, Richardson Hitchens versus John Bowser because that was a clash of undefeated prospects who apparently know each other very well. Um, have sparred before, uh, don't like each other, um, and were, you know, fighting to show their class. And Richardson Hitchens clearly outclassed Bowser. Um, and, you know, one of the stories of the fight that it really should have been stopped about three rounds before the end. The referee should have stopped it, uh, Bowser's corner should have stopped it. Hitchens could probably have pushed a little bit harder to finish it, but he did show just some slight weaknesses. Weak, weaknesses. I don't want to talk about him in the bad side first. Um, he did kind of not push as hard as he could, but Bowser was always dangerous. He was always throwing back hard, so I kind of get it. Um, but Hitchens was really impressive because um, I had seen him before and I had been like, yeah, he does look really good, but he needs to add power and he needs to... Like, there are a few technical things he needed to get closer to his target before he threw, um, so he wasn't leaning over his front foot. Um, and in the meantime, since that since that time, this was a couple of years ago that I first saw him, he has fixed the distance issue, and that seems to have fixed the power issue. Um, because he's closer before he throws, he really puts his shots through his opponent. And um, yeah, he's just really nice, um, sort of, again, back foot, um, back foot-ish. He boxes really well behind a jab. He was, um, he's not necessarily on the back foot, but um, yeah, he's not getting into the pocket and throwing down in there, is what I'm saying here. Um, and, you know, he's got that kind of, you know, it's kind of similar to Bam Gardner by description, you know, not to watch, but um, by description, you know, he boxes on the outside and trying to draw responses that he can counter. Um, and he's just really sharp. And, you know, you wouldn't call him a defensive fighter. Like, he kind of... Um, fighters like that, you know, who fight with a shell guard, um, you know, with a really sharp jab, who are really fast... They um, and he has a. Um, he's one of those fighters who can do a lot, but doesn't do everything he can do all at once. He kind of sees what's coming at him and then adjusts, um, and just maybe uses one or two things throughout the fight. Um, all of that stuff makes him sound like Floyd Mayweather. Uh, obviously, not as good, but <laughs> it makes him sound like Floyd Mayweather. He doesn't fight like Floyd Mayweather. He's not a defensive fighter. Um, there are times when you know he can be hit. Um, he uses those. Uh, Let's move just to set up shots. Like he, he he can defend, but he's not a defensive master or a de- particularly a defensive fighter. Um, um, he's a friend of um, Shakur Stevenson who believes that he can be a um, 
a force at 140 pounds, um, which is where he fights. And quite off, frankly, um, I would not be surprised if he was quite soon at the top of that division. He's kind of been meandering for a while. He was, I think, he was with PBC. I can't remember who he was with before, but he's signed with Matram now, and um, and he's yeah, he's clearly taking the chance to take the step up. And so I'm not going to go, you know, go on about him for ages, but I re do recommend this um, this performance. Um, I, you know, I recommend seeing uh, just seeing Richards and Hitchens fight. Um, yeah, he's called it. He's called a shit basically now. Nowadays, um, like I say, I have been slightly sceptical before, but um, but I would really like him to see see him in with. I'm not quite sure. Well, he's not ready for really pro grade just yet. Um, but uh, well, you know, Tiafimo Lopez at this weight, quite possibly Jack Cattrall. Um, Gary Anton Russell's really fucking good. So I wouldn't necessarily want that one. He wants Matana Love. I'm not quite sure why. Um, I mean, there is a bit of a. I am sure why. It's because Montana Love has some name value while clearly being very vulnerable. Um, he has some charisma. They can build that fight. I would quite enjoy it. Um, for where Richardson Hitchens is at, that would be quite a good next step, even though Montana Love kind of embarrassed himself against Steve Spark. Um, but yeah, just check out Richardson Hitchens. His last uh, this performance, if I recall, his last performance was quite uh, was also quite sharp. So he's a developing fighter. He's 25. Um, just keep an eye out on him. And yeah, the... Uh, that's all I'm going to talk about from this card. Uh, the last thing I'm going to talk about, and I'm just going to talk about the main event. I honestly don't even really know what happened on the rest of the card. Um, but um, is um, Emmanuel Navarrete against um, Liam Wilson? And you know, I'm not. I don't watch this live. I have. I've watched most of it, but not like in detail. Um, you know, I'm paying attention to it, but you know, I can't pick out moment to moment. Um, but yeah, Navarrete stepping up to 130 pounds. Um, his uh, it was also a world title. Um, I'm not quite sure why, but um, but it was uh, his Luke title. Uh, was Amos not already the champion? Um, that'd be unfair for me to say <laughs> if he uh, if he was. Um, but uh, um, yeah, what the fuck are you doing, Boxwick? Um, yeah, no, it wasn't. I mean, this is why I um, I was sceptical. I wasn't interested before the fight because um, I wasn't particularly familiar with Wilson. And you know, you look at his record, and you never judge someone on boxing alone. But um, you know, just looking at table of him, he looked a bit crude, and his just his you know his his loss to guys, his his regional uh, his four regional Australian fights, I think pretty much purely, and um, you know, he's lost to guys who are not world level, or just a one really. Um, Joe no Joe uh, Joe Noine, who's Filipino filler, who um, you know. I just can't say that he's not world level, but um, but he hasn't made any kind of splash on the world scene. He has shown no reason to be um, um, to be in a world title fight before this, and um, suddenly he's fighting in Verete. I thought it was a pushover, um, and it turned out not to be. Um, it turns out Wilson, um, Liam Wilson, if I've called him Luke in the middle, um, I apologise. Anyway, if it turns out he's you know he's He's probably not above a British level sort of fighter at uh, 130 pounds, um, you know, the Australian equivalent of that kind of fighter. Um, but he's pretty, you know, he's uh, super featherweight. Uh, he's just fine. He's got a good jab. He he um, his defense isn't much, but he moves quite well. Um, you know, he does kind of get a bit straight lined, which quite him out here. Um, but he has, uh, you know, he has a good jab. He keeps distance well, and he throws a mean left hook. Um, and. Uh, and that really tested Navarrete. Um, the thing about Navarrete, he's really exciting, and he, when he's in close, his punch arsenal is fucking incredible. Like there are very few fighters in the world who, 
when standing toe-to-toe, have as much of a punch selection, choice of punches, um, the way, the actual choice, um, you know, all of that, um, the punch picking. Very few fighters who do that as well as him. But basically everything else is a bit crap. And um, there were two things were a problem here. Is firstly, uh, Wilson is bigger than him, and I think that's the first time in his career he's fought someone bigger than him. Um, and Wilson wasn't always coming at him. And that's when you see Navarrete start to unravel because he has no f- no fucking idea how to close distance safely he just throws really big punches from really far out until he gets close enough to try to throw them from close in he's basically leaping behind punches to get close enough and you know he's good at the f- at you know he throws those dangerous punches they off balance the opponent trying to avoid him and then he gets close and unleashes the real ones but um, he leaves himself so fucking open and that happened in the fourth round where he just got knocked on his ass by a counter left hook. Like he was leaping in with his hands down, his chin up, um, and he got knocked on his ass by a counter left. Um, he did show craft, uh, cunningness in the fact that uh, he was clearly hurt. He spat out his mouthpiece. <laughs> the referee didn't clean it, didn't do anything, um, didn't stop time. Nothing, none of that. Um, gave him all the time he wanted to recover and let him, let him carry on. Um, he survived the round. It was um, twenty seconds left. Um, and then you know when the when the round came out, um, he uh, he started you know to get back into the fight. And this is to fair to say, uh, this had slightly similar dynamic to that one uh, I was talking about with Eric Cruz on a much more explosive, but quite frankly less technical level. Um, in that every time Wilson was on the back foot and able to draw Navarrete on him, especially early on, um, he had some success. When he started chasing the fight, and you could hear his corner shrieking at him, going, no, fucking stop it. Um, And every time he went forward, um, he went into Navarrete's turf and got into trouble. Um, So it was a difficult one for him because he wanted to chase to, you know, even though Navarrete's punching isn't very, you know, his form is all over the place. He throws with enough volume that uh, Wilson, with his more selective punching, um, except for when he really fucking hurt him, he wasn't using the round. So Wilson kind of wanted to up the pace to, um, you know, even if he didn't knock him out, he needed to get more volume on there. Um, and, he, you know, he had that dilemma because then that just made him really fucking easy to hit. And um, and that's kind of what happened at the end. He started to kind of unravel. Um, he couldn't quite live with the pace Navarrete was setting. He does set a mean pace. Um and he ended up getting just basically dumped at the end. Uh, yeah, he just got he just kind of unravelled. It was um, you know one of those. Um, he did he did what he could until he couldn't. Um, but uh, for him, it was an excellent uh, showing because no one expected him to do shit, and he did really good. Uh, you know, he really hurt Rote. Uh, and you know, it's possible that that will make him a no one wants him kind of fight. But I think that will rather make him a vulnerable but really exciting opponent um, I think people picking Liam Wilson um, you know giving him a call um, you know you could easily see him promotional stuff uh, permit him but given Australia shouldn't be a problem you could easily see him facing Joe Cordina or someone like that um, just to get a bit of you know hype going um, so yeah um, Navarrete yeah no um you know, I've never been a huge fan of him. Um, you know, he's exciting, but um, firstly, you know, like, like I said, I don't think he thought Wilson was going to be this tough. I think he thought it was a knockover, like a bit of testing himself physically, um, but I don't think he thought this was going to be a serious challenge for him, even if it was. And the reason I don't think that is because um, 
his history it's littered you know he fought um, Dog Bay in uh, when was it um, 2000 uh, 2019 uh, eight, 2018 and 2019 he fought twice in the space of six months um, down at um, 122 pounds and since then he has fought very few names of note um, he has in the middle a couple of times he fought Ruben Villa um, Christopher Diaz um, he fought Joe Gonzalez that's a genuinely good fight you know his last two fights are genuinely being pretty good but um but in the meantime, he fought some real, you know, shouldn't be in the ring with him type stuff. So, um, but in any case, yeah, Liam Wilson was a good opponent for him in the end. Um, but he just didn't, you know, if you compare Liam Wilson and compare it to the other champions in this division, um, well, Oscar Valdez is a. Uh, I'm just going to quickly check who the um, you know, world champions are um, in this division. I don't know who the fighters are Shavkat Rakimov, um, Oscar Valdez. And Shakur Stevenson, um, but I can't remember who holds what, so let me just take a look. Um, well, um, well, Shakur Stevenson's moving up, so he won't be fighting that way. Yeah, Shakur Stevenson's fucked off. Um, Shafkat Rakhimov, Emmanuel Navarrete, and Hector Garcia. Um, I have seen Hector Garcia. Um, yeah, he lost to Javonta at, um, at lightweight, so again, he'll be back down to defend that. Um, yeah, basically, none of those guys, Rakimov, um, Garcia, or Oscar Valdez, who this was supposed to be against, but, um, but Valdez got injured. Um, so, yeah, if they have that fight again, I can't see Valdez losing. And I can't see Navarrete beating Rakimov, really. You know? Yeah, Rakimov has his own flaws, but, um, but um, he's, he should be too good for. He might take a really hard shot so Navarrete throws and gets knocked out. No, he has his own problems closing distance, but. Um, but he's not as crude as this. He's kind of, <laughs> some ways he's almost the opposite because his footwork's really fucking good, but he lacks punch selection. Um, um, but yeah, you know, with these kind of fighters, Joe Cordina, like, yeah, maybe he gets overwhelmed physically. Um, oh yeah, yeah, Cordina got stripped um, of the, I think it was the RBF that Rakimov now holds, so, but he's now, like, yeah. Anyway, it's a complicated division. It's a busy division. It's a really good division. I just can't see Rak- um, Navarrete um, competing when he isn't physically overwhelming, overwhelming everyone, his defense just isn't good enough. Um, but yeah, he's really fucking exciting. Uh, you know, I don't. He's not one of those fighters where I don't understand what people are fans. It's just not really for me. Um, you know, I like watching his fights. <laughs> he just annoys me. Um, but yeah, um, that's it really. Um, yeah, Navarrete. I don't think he's going to make it at this at this weight. And uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, things coming up. Um, the, this week isn't the busiest. Um, the uh, Ray Vargas versus Oshiki Foster. This is again at £130. It's a vacant title fight. Um, yeah, that's quite a decent fight. Um, I will try to write a preview for it. I, you know, obviously, busy week for me. Um, but um, I'll see. Um, Adam Azim is facing Santos Reyes. Um, Adam Azim is, I've talked about him, I'll talk about him on the. Um, end of year podcast um, and I've talked about him before he's a, he's a prospect a British prospect that's got to have really high hopes for which you can see by the fact that he's um, headlining a card in his um, his second card um, in his what is it sixth fight uh, his eighth fight um, he's headlining he headlined a fight in his seventh card uh, he headlined a card in his seventh fight and that was during the World Cup he you know, tried to build in between the football and now he's getting another one um, so they clearly have high high hopes for him and I do too um, so I'll probably be watching that card as well um, it is a little bit disappointing because Adam Azim was meant to be on it um, and isn't because he got sick um, 
Adam Azim, <laughs> he is on it. Um, Dan Aziz is meant to be on it. Dan Aziz is the uh, the lightweight um, fight, uh, light heavyweight. This um, just a guy that I really like watching, and it's a shame that he's been uh, he's been called off. But um, but it's you know it's a decent card even without that. Zach Shelley versus Anthony Timms is kind of a I suppose you could call it crossroads. Um, not super familiar with that, actually. Um, but he's well, he's kind of getting. Oh, he's twenty-five. He's a prospect. He's lost before. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I've heard the name, Anthony Sims. He got a push a little while back um, in the uh, the, the super middleweight. Um, he got pushed a little while back from I think it was from Sky. Um, I can't remember. He, I know that he got a push from um, from being on Cooper Cassius. Um, Doing interviews with him about his mental health, and he got and he's charismatic and a good talker and all of that. Um, so it was just uh, he got pushed back, you know, up in nineteen uh, two thousand nineteen two thousand twenty that kind of thing, and then he lost to um, Alexis Roma, Alexis and Kuno, and uh, kind of has vanished since. Um, so this is kind of his, um, I wouldn't call it, <laughs> I wouldn't call it a comeback, um, but it's sort of him reintroducing himself. To the British, because he was getting uh, on the British side. He was getting, um, he's American, but he was getting uh, promoted by the British promoters fighting on the British. And yeah, it just seems to be his reintroduction. No, other than that, you've got a bunch of prospects, uh, you know, Hassan Azim, Adam's brother. And it's not, he's not that good, but what can you do? And Vidal Riley, Karen Dubai, you know, that it's the boxer prospect card, is what it is. Um, I will probably watch. Um, and I will see you next week. I will talk about whatever there is to talk about if. If, you know, if not, I'll make something up. Yeah. Um, follow me at Crafty Boxing. Follow the fight site. Um, yeah. Um, join our Patreon. Um, all of that good stuff. And um, thanks for listening. I will see you next time.